I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Notice. The following document contains sensitive information concerning SCP-5001 and is restricted to Level 4 clearance or higher. Accessing this document without proper credentials is grounds for termination. Item Number SCP-5001 Object Class Thaumiel Special Containment Procedures SCP-5001 must not cease operation. Due to the anomaly's autonomous nature, no personnel are to disrupt its mechanical functions. Attempts to study the anomaly are to be limited to tactile and visual observation. Personnel who damage or disrupt the anomaly's functionality are to be removed from their position in the Foundation and may be subject to further disciplinary action dependent on Ethics Committee ruling. Following Incident Omega-1, no attempts to stop SCP-5001-A from breaching containment are to be made directly, unless SCP-5001 is rendered incapable of performing recontainment itself. Description SCP-5001 is a biomechanical structure approximately 53 kilometers in diameter, located a total of 60 kilometers under northern Russia. The anomaly, while non-anomalous in its own right, possesses numerous characteristics which imply its connection to anomalous phenomena, including immense depth and size, Records of SCP-5001-A's status dating back to 11,000 BCE, recorded in modern measurement systems. Documents in numerous languages, including Phoenician, Ancient Hebrew, Greek, Ancient and Modern, Latin, Anglo-Saxon, Modern Russian, Modern English, Modern Mandarin, and various other languages which have yet to be identified. A complete lack of time-affecting devices or residue from temporal anomalies. Mechanical devices currently not reproducible by Foundation Engineering. Additionally, the anomaly's primary purpose is unclear. Concentric to the anomaly is a spherical, hollow object primarily composed of graphene and another unidentified compound. 
The spherical chamber is supported by 12 large cylindrical rods composed of osmium and an outer layer of titanium, approximately 0.5 kilometers in diameter each. These factors, along with other mechanical devices surrounding the central chamber, see addenda, has led researchers to believe that the anomaly is a containment unit for an unknown anomalous object. SCP-5001-A is the designation for the object or entity that the anomaly is containing. Dash A's appearance, properties, or anomalous effects are entirely unknown, with only basic information being provided by the anomaly's computer interface. However, considering the significant effort exerted by the anomaly's creators to contain Dash A, it is likely that the object or entity poses a significant threat to reality and, if sentient, has malevolent intent. Addendum 1 History In 1953, GRU Division P members were attempting to measure seismological activity in a narrow region of northern Russia, approximately 30 kilometers from the anomaly's position. During these experiments, a significant discrepancy was noted between projected and actual S-wave strengths. Further trials suggested that the discrepancy was not due to human or instrument error, and rather, there was a large body of non-solid material in a relatively close area. After triangulating the approximate position of the disruption, GRUP members began to bore toward it using a Euromash 4E series drill, and the anomaly was discovered. However, all of GRUP's attempts to penetrate the anomaly's outer wall resulted in failure, ending in the project being abandoned after two years. In 1959, First Secretary Khrushchev showed renewed interest in breaching the anomaly and funded the operation until he was deposed in 1964. In 1969, due to improving relations between the United States of America and the Soviet Union, the SCP Foundation and GRUP had begun to cooperate on numerous anomalous projects. GRUP signed a contract which allowed the Foundation to have joint control of the anomaly if they could successfully penetrate its outer walls. Thanks to a combination of anomalous technology purchased from the Global Occult Coalition and Dr. Elijah Rakama's experimental designs, the anomaly's exterior was breached in 1971. Joint operation and study of the anomaly was maintained until the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991. While under the control of both organizations, numerous studies were conducted on the technology that the anomaly possessed, which led to a number of devices being replicated by technicians on site. An abridged list can be found further in the reading. The SCP Foundation and GRUP agreed to keep this technology secret and only accessible between themselves. In 1992, GRUP liquidated its assets. Because of this, 
a large number of its high-ranking officials stole technology belonging to the organization. Most stolen devices were sold to Marshall Carter and Dark for large sums of money, though a number of employees had joined the Chaos Insurgency and other similar groups, granting them access to essential documents. Although many important documents were leaked, the anomaly's existence remained concealed, and the Foundation acquired full control of the structure shortly thereafter. Addendum 2 Technical Characteristics SCP-5001 contains numerous technological devices and important documents which have been of interest to Foundation personnel since its discovery. As mentioned previously, this technology was only available to the Foundation and GRUP. However, since 1991, other groups of interest have had limited access to them as well. The following is an abridged list of important discoveries facilitated by the anomaly. Ontological Stabilizers Official Document Name Ontological Stabilizers Foundation Alias Scranton Reality Anchors SRAs Function Scranton Reality Anchors function to alter the total amount of humes in a given radius of effect. This allows for the alteration of reality's strength in a given location, as well as the nullification of reality-bending properties present in many anomalies. Although it does not negate the effects, it reduces them to a degree that allows hume-reliant entities to be properly contained. Reverse Engineering Technique Reverse engineering of ontological stabilizers was achieved in 1977 by Joint Research Unit 3, headed by Dr. R. Scranton. Due to the large number of ontological stabilizers present within the anomaly, and that the removal of one ontological stabilizer would affect the total Hume reading of the structure by less than 0.5 centihumes, the Foundation and GRUP deemed it appropriate to remove one from operation. The removed device was returned to operation in 1980. Notes The presence of two layers of ontological stabilizers surrounding the anomaly's inner chamber has been noticed. The outer layer of ontological stabilizers appears to be functioning at minimal capacity, approximately 15.3 humes per meter cubed, while the interior ontological stabilizers function at a higher capacity approximately 83.9 humes per meter cubed. This further supports the hypothesis that the anomaly is a containment facility and, if this hypothesis is true, implies that Dash A has reality-manipulating properties. A proposal to replace the ontological stabilizers with the more effective Scranton reality anchors was proposed in 2003, but was narrowly rejected. Large Hyperluminal Engine Official Document Name Large Hyperluminal Engine Foundation Alias Drive Aleph 1-9 Function 
serves as a self-contained energy source, engine, and propulsion system. Cylindrical in shape, each of the nine drives are approximately 22 meters in height and 5 meters in diameter. Although its mechanics have never been fully understood nor analyzed properly, the drives continue to provide insight into faster-than-light engine construction. Reverse engineering techniques Not applicable. However, three of the nine drives have been removed from the anomaly and repurposed for experimental orbital eigenweapon technology. This was approved by the O5 Council in 1992. Nonetheless, development of faster-than-light travel and corresponding technology has been progressing independently of SCP-5001. Notes The locations of the drives are approximately circular, located directly above the central containment area of the anomaly. All drives have been inactive since their discovery. Compound B705 Official document name Compound B705 Foundation alias not applicable Function Compound B705's exact purpose is unknown. Large portions of the anomaly's external walls and primary containment unit are composed of Compound B705 and it displays remarkable resilience to destruction or attempts to reform it. Portions of compound B705 that have been separated from their primary mass will attempt to reintegrate with each other. The mechanism behind this is unclear. Compound B705's more notable property is its constant electromagnetic pulse. This pulse appears to grow in strength when surrounded by material of its own or similar composition, and fires at a constant rate of once per 7 nanoseconds. Subjects in close proximity to compound B705 or its pulses experience clearer thoughts, increased mental fortitude, and an increased pain threshold. It is believed that the primary effects of compound B705 are not electromagnetic in nature, but rather travel through a different medium, which produces electromagnetic pulses as a residue. Reverse Engineering Technique Currently, Compound B705 cannot be synthesized by Foundation personnel. Additionally, harvesting Compound B705 from the anomaly has been denied by the O5 Council due to the limited amount available. Notes. The exact radius which compound B705 transmits its effects, as well as its strength at different distances, is incapable of being determined. Omega. Official document name. Omega. Foundation alias. Artificial Intelligence Constructs. Function. Artificial Intelligence Constructs AICs, are artificial consciousnesses developed by the Foundation for a specific or generalized purpose. Typically, AICs are responsible for running highly complex systems 
or handling anomalies, which may pose a threat to direct human contact. Additionally, AICs may be deployed to deal with cybernetic anomalies or infiltrate databases and networks. Reverse Engineering Technique Although Omega's software could not be accessed directly, numerous question-answer sessions with the intelligence allowed for inferences to be made on its design and function. Artificial intelligence had already begun research, especially thanks to the reverse engineering of SCP-079 by 1990, and thus Omega's utility was largely ignored. In 2010, Dr. Frederick Glass would successfully access portions of Omega's software. Recovered data proved essential to the construction of Generation 4 Artificial Intelligence Constructions in Project Dewey, aka Alexandra, and would later result in more complex and efficient AIC designs. Notes Omega was discovered within the anomaly on a single terminal in an unmarked room. The terminal appeared to be connected via wire to numerous locations around the anomaly, though the specific devices it controls is unclear. On the terminal side are numerous ports of unknown design or function. Omega displayed a single input terminal at the bottom of the interface, with a virtual keyboard and language selection option on the lower half of the screen. After submitting an input in the appropriate language, Omega will produce a response, with accuracy of answers varying, though always technically correct. Omega also displays a degree of intelligence and is capable of holding long and complex conversations. Despite this, Omega will refuse to answer any questions which will provide insight into the anomaly's function or history. On 19 March 2013, Dr. Vanessa Kleiner accessed Omega without proper authorization. Cameras within the room showed Dr. Kleiner producing a metallic device of unknown origin from within their clothes and inserting it into one of Omega's ports. For approximately 20 minutes, Dr. Kleiner and Omega were unresponsive until Dr. Kleiner spontaneously collapsed. Soon after, Dr. Kleiner was discovered by another researcher and confirmed dead. An autopsy was performed, revealing the metal device to be a cybernetic implant. How Dr. Kleiner received these implants is unclear, as they were not Foundation-made nor approved. Currently, seven research teams are operating within the anomaly and have continued to provide insight to its mechanical functions. Addendum 3 Incident Omega-1 On 30 December 2019, SCP-5001-A breached. During routine operations, a large explosion in the northeastern section of the anomaly disrupted electric flow to approximately 25% of the structure as well as numerous essential components. The exact cause of the explosion is unknown. The two most prevalent theories are that it either was sabotage 
from an unidentified group of interest, potentially the defunct GRUP, or a malfunction caused by Dr. Kleiner's actions. Regardless, this began a series of events which almost resulted in the anomaly's destruction. A full transcript of events follows. Begin log. Zero hour. A detonation occurs in the northeastern section of the anomaly. No footage is available of the incident directly, though its effects can be seen throughout the structure. Zero twenty-three minutes. Numerous portions of the anomaly shut down due to lack of electric flow. On-site security is dispatched to the explosion's location. 057 minutes. There is a minor increase in Dash A's internal Hume levels. This is not generally noticed by on-site personnel who are preoccupied with the explosion. One hour, 33 minutes. Security arrives to the explosion site Two researchers are found dead in the initial explosion. One is found alive, but in critical condition. One hour, 39 minutes. Security personnel begin to enact first aid to the injured researcher. Two other security officers scout the area for potential threats. One hour, 44 minutes. Dash A's increasing internal Hume levels are noticed by monitoring staff. Two hours, two minutes. Dash A's temperature begins to increase from minus 107.4 degrees Celsius at approximately 1.5 degrees per second. Two hours, 45 minutes. External staff at Site 59 are alerted to the situation. Site-59's director is informed shortly after. Two hours, 54 minutes. A number of personnel located within the anomaly's monitoring room begin to report nausea and headaches. The reason for this is unclear. Three hours, 14 minutes. Technicians arrive at the explosion's origin. They begin to navigate toward damaged sections with the primary intention to restore power. Three hours, 29 minutes. Dash A's internal Hume reading surpasses 10. The current operational ontological stabilizers, approximately 3,400, begin to work at maximum capacity. This slows Dash A's internal Hume increase, but fails to halt its growth. Three hours, 43 minutes. A low-level state of emergency is declared. Site 59 prepares to transport materials to aid in the anomaly's repair. Four hours, four minutes. Dash A's temperature reaches zero degrees Celsius. Minor, but notable, strain is placed on the cylindrical rods underneath the inner containment chamber. Four hours, 12 minutes. Slight tremors are detected at Site 59. Four hours, 35 minutes. Dash A's temperature stabilizes at approximately 37 degrees Celsius. 
Tremors become noticeable within the anomaly's monitoring room. Four hours, 42 minutes. Pressure on the cylindrical rods reaches approximately 100 megapascals. Interlock mechanism is released. The meaning of this is unclear. Four hours, 53 minutes. Numerous personnel on site begin to vomit or hyperventilate for unknown reasons. Five hours, eight minutes. The anomaly's monitoring mechanisms report a level nine breach. Following this, all lights in the facility dim significantly. This makes it difficult for the technicians to continue repairs. Five hours, 19 minutes. Dash A's internal humes surpass 50. Five hours, 23 minutes. The primary containment chamber begins to shift upwards. Tremors are reported to be more noticeable outside the anomaly. Five hours, 55 minutes. An intermediate level state of emergency is declared. 053 is alerted to the situation. Evacuation of the anomaly's upper levels begin. All non-essential personnel on site are directed to leave. Six hours, three minutes. Shipments from Site-59 to assist in repairing the anomaly are sent. 053 authorizes the use of Mobile Task Force Omega-12. The primary containment chamber begins to accelerate upwards. Six hours, 13 minutes. The anomaly's monitoring mechanisms report a level eight breach. Six hours, 35 minutes. MTF Omega-12 begins to navigate toward the anomaly. Tremors increase significantly. A large malformation appears in the landscape directly above the anomaly. Seven hours. The primary containment chamber abruptly halts its ascent, but nonetheless exerts pressure on the cylindrical rods. The containment chamber vibrates intensely. Seven hours, 49 minutes. The containment chamber jerks higher and continues ascending at a linear pace. All non-essential personnel are successfully evacuated. The anomaly's monitoring mechanisms report a level seven breach. Eight hours, three minutes. A large number of explosions detonate near the anomaly's top. Camera footage reveals these to be caused by crushed ontological stabilizers as the primary containment chamber crushes them on its ascent. Dash A's internal hume readings increase faster. Eight hours, 27 minutes. All six currently operational large hyperluminal engines activate simultaneously. The primary containment chamber descends rapidly. Eight hours, 43 minutes. The primary containment chamber's descent slows and halts. Eight hours, 46 minutes. The primary containment chamber resumes ascension. Nine hours. 
Dash A's internal humes surpass 350. Aid from Site 59 arrives and is quickly ushered to the damaged portion of the anomaly. 10 hours, 20 minutes. Large partitions appear in the ground directly above the anomaly. These partitions expand at a linear rate. 10 hours, 43 minutes. The primary containment chamber successfully destroys the topmost exterior of the anomaly and begins to rise out of it. The anomaly's monitoring mechanisms report a level 6 breach. Major tremors are reported at Site 59, equivalent to the epicenter of a 5.0 earthquake. 11 hours, 1 minute. The ground's partitions reach a distance of approximately 10 kilometers across. Orbital satellites are capable of viewing the primary containment chamber when directly above. 11 hours, 17 minutes. All personnel under medical care simultaneously enter a comatose state. 11 hours, 34 minutes. MTF Omega-12 arrives. Despite their best efforts, all reality-bending capabilities are ineffective, primarily due to the amount of ontological stabilizers present nearby and Dashay's internal hume count, now approximately 470. 13 hours, 23 minutes. The anomaly is repaired and power is supplied to 94% of the facility. No immediate effects are noticeable. The anomaly's monitoring equipment ports a level 5 breach. 14 hours. A high-level state of emergency is declared. All personnel inside the anomaly are ordered to evacuate. 15 hours, 10 minutes. The primary containment chamber has risen 40 kilometers. 053 gives the overruling order to terminate Dash A as soon as possible. 15 hours, 16 minutes. The Foundation begins preparation for the use of numerous anomalous weaponry, most notable being the High Energy Concentration Orbital Railgun, HECOR, which begins calibration for firing. 15 hours, 37 minutes. The anomaly's monitoring equipment reports a level four breach. 15 hours, 42 minutes. All of Dash A's recording instruments are severed and output no new data. 15 hours, 55 minutes. Large detonations take place at the bottom of the anomaly. Within a few seconds, three large tungsten rods are launched toward the primary containment chamber at hypersonic speeds and successfully penetrate the unit. The chamber remains motionless mid-air. 16 hours, 21 minutes. The primary containment chamber continues to ascend. All tungsten rods fall out of the chamber and return to the anomaly. 16 hours, 29 minutes. Personnel previously in a comatose state become alert and hostile, attacking any persons nearby. Seven medical staff die in this exchange, and hostile personnel attempt to consume their bodies. 
16 hours, 47 minutes. Site 59 suffers from major structural failure and collapses. 17 hours, 32 minutes. The primary containment chamber reaches the surface. 18 hours, 6 minutes. The primary containment chamber begins to spin, gradually speeding up. Nearby dust particles orbit the chamber. 18 hours, 51 minutes. A pressure wave is released from Dash A. Individuals caught in the wave experience irritated skin, spontaneous hair growth, and intense nausea. 19 hours, 23 minutes. Further pressure waves are released from Dash A in rapid succession. Individuals caught in multiple blasts experience sudden tumorous growths, loss of higher cognitive function, and reformation of limbs, and begin to attack each other. A single vocalization sounds out in an indiscernible voice from the primary containment chamber. Nineteen hours, fifty-five minutes. Hecor fires. Twenty hours, four minutes. A large portion of the primary containment chamber's first and second layers are destroyed. All pressure waves cease. Dash A is exposed, but is obscured by the explosion. 20 hours, 11 minutes. Rapid bursts of electromagnetic pulses emanate from the anomaly, producing a magnetic effect. The primary containment chamber begins to descend. Hecor prepares for refiring. 20 hours, 34 minutes. Individuals under Dash A's effects enter a comatose state and begin to suffer from malformations in vital organs. All of these individuals die. 28 hours, 30 minutes. Medical staff and rescue specialists arrive at Site 59. 34 hours. The primary containment chamber re-enters the anomaly the anomaly, through an unknown mechanism, begins to regenerate. 36 hours, 24 minutes. The partition in the ground above the anomaly begins to close at a slow rate and completes after approximately 56 hours. End log. In order to ensure the veil remained intact following Incident Omega-1, all towns within a 500-kilometer radius were placed under a Class A amnestic regimen. Additionally, mimetic amnestic agents were utilized to suppress knowledge of the event in any individuals who witnessed it. New Year's celebration coverage, current geopolitical events, and numerous other important incidents across the world help distract mainstream media. On 3 January, the veil was deemed acceptably intact. On 5 January, re-entry into the anomaly was permitted. Although a large majority of systems were damaged, 
much of its functionality was not compromised. All devices taken from the anomaly were restored or are being restored following Incident Omega-1, and research has been limited due to the potential danger Dash A poses. When located, Omega was found displaying the following text. All inputs to reply to it were disabled. Hello, my children. Although you have grown immensely since your earliest days, you have much room to grow. Your species' intellect is merely a bud with so much potential. Your weapons are powerful. Your medicine is supreme. Your engineering is beautiful. With proper guidance and care, you are sure to reach an elevated state of being and transcend your bodies for something more whole and perfect. That is why it pains me so dearly to request that you leave this place immediately. Your studying and probing have almost resulted in the end of all I have worked toward to keep you alive. If you comply, I guarantee that the Devourer will never escape, and your species will be free to pursue the enlightenment of technology for all eternity. Let this be my final gift to you, directly from the center of my broken heart. Reclassification of SCP-5001 to Archon is pending. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible. So, credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons Sharelight 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharelight 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people, or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.